What's up, Crossover fam? This is Tammy. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. God has been moving in major ways in our community, and we're so glad that you get to be a part of it. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to live out your calling in Christ. Enjoy this week's message. How y'all feeling? Man, it is so good to be with you guys. Um, listen, I was supposed to be with you guys uh, March 15th, <laughs> right, of last year. I mean, my plane ticket was booked, everything, and then there was like this virus that was like starting to percolate a little bit, and I called Pastor Scott. I'm like, what's up, man? He said, no, nah, we still have a church, bro. We haven't church. Like, we, nah, man, some people cancel. We ain't canceling. Right, so that was Thursday, right? Friday called me, hey, Pastor T, listen, man, they shut down City Refuge, man. Like, everything is all locked down. Like, like you can still come if you want. I'm like, nah, man, I'm not going to come there, you know. So here we are, like, uh, almost a year later. Can y'all believe it? But, man, it's good to be with you guys. Listen, Crossover Church, ATL, we've been praying for you guys. We, me and my wife, my wife Lucy's here, my daughter Deanna and Sophia are here. Shout out to them. We were with you guys, if you remember. Uh, how many of y'all were here on opening day, like launch Sunday? How many of y'all were here for that? We were across. Oh, we got a lot of new people since launch Sunday. That's great. So we were across the parking lot, and so we were here with you guys to kick things off. Uh, man, that was about a year and a half ago. Can you believe that? And so, but yeah, me and Pastor Scott, we've been friends for uh, since like 2009, I think, and just... Yeah, it's been amazing. So when uh, the opportunity came up and he was like, me and Tammy been fasting and praying and, you know, we've been thinking about planting a church. I kept bugging him. When are you going to plant a church? When are you going to plant a church? He was like, listen, the only way we want to do it is, is with you guys. And so for us, like so many people had asked us that before. We're like, uh, nah, we're good. You know, we're good. <laughs> Either we didn't know them good enough or we knew them well enough to be like, nah, we're good. So... But when Pastor Scott and Tammy said it, we were like, yo, it, it clicks. It would make sense. And so, so you guys got some of our family up here anyways. I mean, like, of course, you got Tammy. She was from our church. I always say Pastor Scott stole her from us. She was like our number one announcement person. And she's a great group leader. She was teaching dance classes for my daughters and stuff. So, but now you got a bunch of other people. We got, you got Jackie that does kids ministry. She came. You got Angela over here. Then you got one of our crossover babies. You know, I knew her when she was, like, real little, like, almost 20 years now. I watched, I watched Lulu grow up, Lulu D. And then, like, it was going so well, her mom, you know, hit me and my wife up during the quarantine and was like, can I do a Zoom with y'all? <laughs> so we did a Zoom. She's like, I think I'm supposed to go to Atlanta. We are like, Okay. All right, you're with family still, so so it's all good. I know there's some other people too that that have come up, and uh, we have a lot of people that regularly come up and visit you guys. But so so we're family, so we're we're so glad to be with you. I know it's been a tough year, it's been a challenging year, but 2021, we're talking about advancement, right? How can we advance? How can we move forward? How can we rebuild even when there's opposition? How many of y'all have been through some opposition, right, recently? So I'm going to kick it off with a spoken word. And this is really even just some of my opposition that I've been through even before the pandemic the last couple of years. And I pray that uh, this encourages you that no matter what you're facing, God can help us through if we have the right perspective. So go ahead and run that.
It's been a tough year for all of us, right? Pandemic, racial injustice, political division. It's been crazy. But in the middle of all that, if you have the right perspective, Crossover Church, family, ATL, God can help you. Here's a little bit of my story. I recently lost my father. Eight months later, I lost my mother. On top of that, I lost a spiritual dad. <laughs> it's been a struggle. My memories have been on shuffle. I'm thinking about the good times, but now it all sounds muffled. See, my heart is so troubled. My dad had an aneurysm, never fully recovered. He laid in bed for 16 years, 320 days, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed that my pops would get raised. But eventually, he got worse and died. And I wrestled with the Creator and said, God, why do the good ones have to die? First, I didn't get a clear answer. In the middle of that pain, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. I'm seeing her deteriorate into a different person. Physically and emotionally, the pain continued to worsen. But I know, in the middle of that pain, somehow, God's got this. But after a three-year battle, my mom got put on hospice. It's so hard to watch this. Someone that was so full of life now didn't have the energy to walk. Someone that was so full of words now didn't have the energy to talk. But she fought, and he fought, and I held on to the scriptures that they taught. They fought their fight, they finished their race, they taught me grace, they set the pace. Now they get to see their creator's face. As I spill out these words on my journal, there's a word that comforts me eternal because our soul lives on after we leave this earth and the bible promises heaven to those that have a spiritual rebirth with jesus he comforts us he frees us so the best is yet to come it's gonna get better i'll see you soon fam because we're gonna live forever pray with me fam father we come before you today and even in the middle of opposition and disappointments and tension and, and, and health issues and a virus and injustice and all the things that we've been facing, all the division, God, you want your people to advance because, God, we have the hope, we have the light, we have the answers for everything that our culture needs, everything that our world needs. And so, God, I pray that over the next few minutes as, as we share this word together, God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Give us some tools of advancement today. God, give us, give us some strategies to know even when the enemy's trying to come up against us how we can fight against those things. God, use me. Use the text today. God, I pray for Pastor Scott as he's bringing it uh, two more times right now down in Tampa. Just be with him as well. God, we thank you for our churches, God, how you brought us together as one to reach people in our cities. We pray this in Christ's name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Whew. All right, everybody breathe for a second. All right, come on, Pastor Phil. You got to give it up for Pastor Phil. Thank you, sir. All right, so this year the theme at Crossover uh, ATL has been what? Help me out. It's what? Advancement. Somebody say advancement. advancement. So we've been talking about that, and uh, 
We're going to talk about spiritual advancement today and take some more steps on that journey. Pastor Scott's been bringing it down. And, and how do we spiritually advance even when there's opposition? Anybody here like opposition? Didn't think so, right? So, so we try to like many times even like run from opposition, right? We want to stay away from opposition. But, but today I, I want to kind of flip it a little bit. And opposition is not necessarily a bad word. If you want to take some notes today, take, take some notes with me and write this down. There's no opposition without opportunity. But we don't look, like, we don't look at it like that, right? Uh, no, no, no. But, but wait a minute. When opposition pops up, God could be up to something. God could be about to do some kind of miracle. And, and I believe if we believed like that and we looked at it with those kind of eyes, there would be a lot more advancement miracle stories, right? And I got a crazy one for you guys today um, that happened a few years back. But real, real quick, first let me ask, how many of y'all ever got something stolen before? Come on, raise your hand if you got something stolen before. Come on, I know this is ATL. I know, I know there's some crazy stuff going on, right? So, all right, so help me out on the count of three. Just yell out whatever you got stolen, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Okay, so I heard money. I heard a camera. Type it in the chat if you're worshiping online with us, right? Like, what did you get stolen before, right? All kinds of stuff, right? So I originally, I grew up in Philly, and so I had all kinds of stuff stolen before. I had uh, three car stereos stolen, like not all at the same time. Like, you know, I had one stolen, then I got slick, and I'm like, well, I'm going to get to pull out one, but then one night I forgot to pull it out. Somebody else pulled it out. So uh, then I got the detachable face because it wasn't as much to pull out. Remember the detachable face stereos, right? I forgot to detach it one time. Somebody else did. Anyway, so... Got my whole car stolen one time. So I know some stuff about getting stuff stolen, right? But I would have never thought uh, that when you're doing ministry, you would get something stolen, right? D Demetrius, I, I thought, like, man, great worship, bro. It was, was, was incredible today, man. I was loving it, bro. Um, but I would think, like, when, when you're, like, doing ministry, like, God will put this, like, protection around you that nothing will happen and nothing gets. Sometimes it does, right? So a few years back, I I'm at the church doing this uh, leadership class on a Tuesday night. About 30 leaders were out there. It was great. was coming out of the class, pumped up, got in the car, sat down, looking for my phone. Can't find my phone, right? You know, so I'm looking in between the seats. You know how that little crack, I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, it's an old CD, right? And so then so I go back inside. I'm trying to trace back, looking everywhere for it, my office, my book bag. Couldn't find it. So I get home. I ask my wife, you see my phone? She's like, nah, but did you, like, Look for the locator on it. And so I was new to the iPhone game. I didn't even know it had that. I'm like, oh, it got like a tracking device on it. Ooh. So I went to iCloud.com, typed it in, put my phone number in. It said, your phone uh, is not on. So I'm like, oh, it's probably dead. I mean, y'all, you, you always got those problems. Your phone dying all the time. That's, that's me, right? So my phone was probably dead. But um, I, I clicked this little button that said, notify me if it comes up. So I went to sleep that night, get up the next morning. You know, I checked my email, and boom, my phone was popped up on the grid at 4.58 a.m. in this apartment complex right behind the church. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get my phone. Let's go. Right? So, so I got to the church. I was trying to find I had my wife's phone because it had the little blue dot on it where my phone was, right? So I get to the church. I, I, find, just, there was, I find the maintenance guy. He was the only guy there. I'm like, come, come, come with me, bro. We're going to go get my phone. So we show up at the apartment complex. I got, got my wife's phone, looking for the blue dot. And I thought it would just be simple, but we pull up, and I'm like, oh, oh, man. 
It's like multiple stories high. The buildings are all together. And you can't really exactly tell where the blue dot is. If it was a single family house, I would have been like, what's up? You know, I know my phone's in there, right? And so anyways, uh, I, I, I was trying to be detective. So I'm like, well, listen, I got an idea. Let's walk down the hallways. Let's walk up to each door. I'm going to call my phone. Let's listen to see if we hear it ringing. So we're in the hallway like, you hear anything? Nah, I don't hear anything. Maybe it's this apartment over here. So we go up to this door over here. Nah, it's not that one. You know, we're just going all the way down the hallway. So we get to the end of the hallway. We go up the stairwell to the second floor, and there, there's some guys in the stairwell. They're, they're selling stuff. They asked us if we needed anything. We said we didn't. There were some urban pharmaceuticals and stuff. So we just said, nah, we're good. We're straight. You don't have anything we need. Wait a minute. Maybe you do. Nah, y'all good. So <laughs> phone didn't ring. So we do the same thing through the second floor. Nothing. So I, I, I walk away, and I'm feeling defeated, and I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Like, man, that's, that's my phone. My, how many of y'all feel like your life is on your phone, right? All my contacts, like every, everything's on there. So it was Tuesday, and it was staff meeting. I'm the lead pastor, and I got to lead this staff meeting in our conference room. And guess what, y'all? My head is not in the game. I'm just, because I'm thinking about my phone. Uh, how many of y'all know about the two-year contracts? I was only a couple months into it. So I'm like, man, I'm getting visions of having to go back to a flip phone. So anyways, I, I was like, man, at the end of staff meeting, uh, one of the other staff members came up and said, hey, the graphic designer just texted me and said to call him because he just talked to the guys who have your phone. And I was like, oh, man. So I called him real quick. He's like, yeah, man, I was just trying to get a hold of you for this art design thing we're working on for the church. And, um, you know, this guy picked up the phone. I was like, who's this? He's like, whose phone is this? And so what happened was is the guy who stole my phone didn't have an ID to take it to the pawn shop. So he went to his neighbor and said, hey, neighbor, I got this iPhone I got from this guy uh, on a bike. And, yeah, he just, like, I got it for $10. So if, if, why don't you take it down to the pawn shop and we'll split the money. So the neighbor had just gotten out of prison. <laughs> And he was like, oh, hey, hey, young buck, hey, hey, where'd you get this phone from? I ain't trying to get in any trouble. And as he's, he's like, let me see this phone. This is a nice phone. As he's holding it, that's when the graphic designer called. He picked up and said, Who's, whose phone is this? And that's when he said, oh, this is Pastor Tommy's phone. He said, hey, bro, you stole a pastor's phone. <laughs> so then the other guy said some things I can't repeat in church. But anyways, um, the neighbor said, hey, give the pastor my number. I'm going to try to help him get his phone back. So guess what I did? I called the neighbor right away. I'm like, hey, man, it's Pastor Tommy. I heard you're going to try to help me get my phone back. What's, what's up, man? You know, and he was like, well, that's my neighbor. He's a young buck. He's always getting in trouble. And, you know, I can't make any promises. But, but hold on a second. Let me go get him. I was like, let me go get him. I hear, like, some yelling. I hear doors close. And then suddenly on the other line, uh, I hear, hello? So what would you do? If you were able to talk to the person that stole whatever you just yelled out a few minutes ago, like what would you what would you say, <laughs> right? <laughs> you talk about opposition. You talk about trying to advance. I mean, this could this could pull you back some steps, right? Because some of us we we might go way back to to like the old us, right? So there I am, and I'm I'm just like I'm shocked. I've been in urban ministry over two decades, and listen, y'all, this. This one, Luli, this was a new one for me. Luli, I didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, so I tried to play the humble card. I'm like, uh, I didn't even say I was pastor or anything. I said, uh, hey, this, my, my name's Tommy. 
uh, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I'm just trying to get my phone back. And, uh, you know, he just got quiet. And I said, uh, hello, are you there? Who am I speaking with? Hello? Can you hear me now? <laughs> and then he spoke and he said, you don't need to know my name, fool. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And from there, the conversation went from bad to worse. I mean, he was disrespecting me. He was cursing me out. He was saying stuff about the church. He never even been to our church, but he was just saying all this stuff. And listen, y'all, I felt my temperature rising real fast. I hadn't had anybody talk to me like that in a long time. And, and so there was these feelings and emotions that were starting to pop up inside of me that were like, oh, my goodness. Listen, y'all, opposition is real, and it can get you to 10 real fast, can't it? Like, you could be cool, having a great day, and then suddenly one thing can happen. And so for a couple minutes today, I want to talk about, like, how as Christians, as Christ followers, how do we respond when opposition pops up, when we're trying to advance, when we're trying to rebuild, when we're trying to move forward? We're going we're gonna to look at Nehemiah for a little bit today. And I love the book of Nehemiah. I wrote a book about it a couple years ago called Rebuild. And Nehemiah is one of my favorite characters in Scripture. If you don't know about Nehemiah, really quick, let me give you a quick backstory. So Nehemiah's people, the, the Israelites, they have been wilding out, not following God. And God said, listen, if you don't get your act together, like, it, it's going to go down. And they didn't. They didn't listen. And so God allowed an enemy to come in and destroy them and crush them. Many people died. Uh, but those that were alive, most of them were taken to exile, like a thousand miles away. Right? So a couple generations went by. Nehemiah was born. He was born basically into exile, into slavery. But fortunately, he got a good job. He got a cushy job. He was working at the palace. And he was actually what was called a cupbearer. We don't have cupbearers today. Uh, we have secret service. <laughs> so basically, he was kind of like the secret service for the king. But if people wanted to take the king out, they didn't shoot him or, you know, they would try to poison him with something in his food or in whatever he was drinking. So the cupbearer would have to literally sit down at the table and drink every, a little bit of everything and eat a little bit of everything the king was about to eat, and then they would wait a few minutes. And then if he was okay, okay, then the king could eat, right? Now, listen, I mean, Nehemiah was eating good. He was drinking good, but it was a risky job. I mean, he probably had a good life insurance policy, right? <laughs> so, but, um, so he, he had a good job. He was, he was in, the, in, in, the, in the palace with the king or, or in a nice environment. And, but what had happened is some of the people now, his people, were allowed to go back to where they were from and begin to rebuild. And so he heard about that. He heard the stories about where his people were from, his forefathers. And he was interested in that. And one of his relatives came back from the rebuilding, and he said, hey, man, how's everything going? And he said, oh, man, it's bad. There's a famine. People don't have food. The walls are broke down. There's, there's, a, there's a, a pandemic. There, you know, there's an economic crisis. It's really bad. And so instead of him doing the Christian thing, which what would be the Christian thing when somebody tells you something's going bad? We say, well, I'll, I'll pray. See, cross over tail, you know, right? I'll pray for you. But then the problem is a lot of times we don't even pray for him. Say, like, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, I didn't want to know about all that. Oh. I'm having a good day. I don't want to think about right? But no, what, what happened with Nehemiah? The Bible tells us, Nehemiah chapter 1, that God broke his heart with compassion. He got down and wept, and he repented for himself, his family, his nation. We're not repenting for our, our We need to repent for our nation with all the stuff that's been going on, right? 
And so he repented for his nation, and, and, the, and the Bible says that he prayed and fasted. Scholars say it was for probably about three or four months. And then he waited for this opportunity to go before the king to ask him to go back and rebuild because that's what God was calling him to do. He didn't know nothing about rebuilding, building walls, leading people. He didn't know. He was a cupbearer. But God called him to do that and said, you're going to advance. I'm going to give you the tools to do it. So it goes back and miraculously the, the king says, yes, I'll let you go. I'll give you everything you need, men, supplies, all that stuff. Goes back to Jerusalem. Everybody gets on board. They're starting to rebuild. They're advancing. It's amazing. This miracle is about to happen. And then, boom, opposition pops up, right? Anytime there's a good opportunity, there's also opposition a lot of times, isn't there? Right? So the opposition begins to pop up. So that takes us to Nehemiah chapter 4. Look at verse 1. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? What are they doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble as burned as they are? And so let me give you a couple tools of what the enemy does, some of his tactics, so we can know the strategies and how to counter them when we're trying to advance and when opposition pops up. So here's the first one. I'm going to give you three R's today. First one is ridicule. Somebody say ridicule. Ridicule. We can see that clearly right here. Many times when they hear you're trying to advance spiritually, there's going to be ridicule, right? It says Sambalak got angry and he ridiculed the Jews. How many of you guys tried to advance in your life with God or maybe you turned your life around and some of your old friends are like, that ain't going to last? Anybody ran into some friends or family like that that tried to discourage you? Oh, you'll be back. You'll be back at a club. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the party. You'll be smoking with us again soon. You, you'll be doing this. You'll be doing that. And, and there can be a lot of ridicule and negative voices many times when we're trying to advance, when we're trying to rebuild. And ridicule, I mean, it happens all the time. Christians get ridiculed. The culture many times calls us crazy, fanatical, weird. And it hurts, right, because it attacks our character because we know what God's done, the miracles that have taken place inside of us. And so... Uh, I know that a lot of y'all can handle stress well because there's a lot of Atlanta traffic. <laughs> we sat in it a little bit yesterday. I was like, whoo, y'all got like three more lanes in us and there's still more traffic, right? And so, but listen, when somebody attacks your character, it can be super stressful. And so this guy on the phone is attacking my character. He's attacking my church. He's talking about my mama. I mean, this guy was like going in. And so I, man, that ridicule was getting under my skin. It was pressing my buttons. Now listen, there's some people at Crossover Church down in Tampa that recently got to know Jesus. Some, some guys that are pretty big, and they would do anything for their pastor, if you follow what I'm saying. I was about to call some of these brothers, and we were about to go get my phone in Jesus' name. Don't, don't do that. Sometimes people say stuff and then they put the in Jesus' name on there to try to make it like it's all right. But I knew it wasn't right. So I, but I was tempted. I'm like, man, I'm going to call so-and-so, so-and-so, and we're going to go over there and we're going to, listen. Here's the thing, y'all. Um, ridicule is always a substitute for reason. If people can't reason you out of a situation, many times they're, they're going to ridicule you. 
They ridicule you because they're afraid. And so they were afraid Nehemiah was actually going to succeed in rebuilding the walls. And so, you know, so he was calling them feeble Jews. He was saying all this stuff. And, and, and those are typical tools of ridicule when people call you names, when they put words in your mouth. And then, you know, he said, will, will they finish in the day? They never said they were going to finish in the day, right? So here's one thing about ridicule, y'all. It's contagious. Somebody say it's contagious. Type it in the chat. It's contagious. So if one person does it, then you'll always find some other people use it to jump on the bandwagon. Then you find who your real friends are, right? Um, Sanballat, he had this sidekick named Tobiah in verse 3. He had jokes too. He, he jumped in then. And he said, yeah, even if a fox jumped up on the wall, it would fall apart. And then everybody was like, oh, you know. They're like roasting Nehemiah and the Jews, just making fun of them. And just everybody is jumping in, right? So here's the second tactic of opposition when we're trying to advance. Here's the second one, y'all. Resistance. Somebody say resistance. Look at verse 6. Verse 6, it says, so we rebuilt the wall till it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the men of Ashab, when they heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls have gone ahead, the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. So, so now the opposition, we see it's getting organized. When you try to advance and you're really making some progress, guess what? The enemy is going to try to come at you sometimes in multiple ways. He's going to turn up the heat a little bit. Oh, I didn't get him with that. Let me try to get him with this, this, and this. And then we're really going to try to take this person out and see what they're, what they're made of. And so, listen, the, the Jews were surrounded by all these people that were out to get them, and they started to collaborate together. Listen, did you ever notice that negative people attract other negative people? And they, like, gravitate together. Like, like in a room like this with all these people, like, like, they might be sitting on opposite sides of the room, never saw each other. But they'll find each other in the parking lot and be like, hey, what would you think about this? I don't really like that. You know, and just like, man, negative people can <laughs> gravitate together, right? And so, listen, some people, it seems like in their life, their, their only thing that they love to do is just complain or be negative. You, you ever met that person? Don't point. Don't point, right? <laughs> So expect it, though, when you're trying to advance spiritually, when you're trying to uh, rebuild your life spiritually, there's going to be some opposition. It's not going to be smooth. It's not going to always be easy. There will be some seasons that will feel easy and smooth and God will be with you. But there's going to be some other seasons that's going to get challenging. There's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some ridicule. Third tactic of opposition we see in this passage is this. If you're taking notes, rumor. There will be rumors. Right? Look at verse 11. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there amongst them and we'll kill them. And we'll put an end to the work. So listen, y'all, this is the quickest, the quickest way to spread a rumor is to feed off of people's fear. Did you notice that during the pandemic? I mean, the pandemic has been full of more rumors than I can ever remember in my life. How many of y'all are with me? Like, there's been so many rumors and so many conspiracy theories and so much this and that floating around on the inner news, inner news, yeah, internet, inner news, right? Is it fake news? Is it real news? What's going on? Like, who do we believe? There's all this crazy stuff that's been going on. And, and there's been a lot of fear. There's been a lot of fear that's happened during this pandemic. And a lot of it's been based off of just rumors. Not even truth. 
but people will begin to digest it and think that it's real. So here's two characteristics about rumors. One is they're always spread by people that are closest to the enemy. Notice this, verse 12. It says the Jews that lived closest to them. So these were Jews that lived outside of the city walls. So they would come and they would help rebuild the walls during the daytime. Then they would go home in the outskirts outside of the city. And some of them were hanging out with some of these other people. Like, like they were chilling at the fire pit, having a little bonfire, eating some dinner at night with some of them. And, you know, then, then, then that's when the rumors started to pop up. And they were like, hey, man, you know, I know you're going and you're doing that rebuilding thing and stuff, and, and that's real nice and all, but I would suggest you don't go to work tomorrow. Why not? Because, man, you know, everybody's talking about they, they're going to go and attack them tomorrow, and they're going to kill everybody, man. So I care about you, man, so I think you should stay home tomorrow, man. And anybody you care about, you should let them know, like, don't go to work tomorrow because it's about to go down. Right? And that, that's the kind of stuff that was happening, and that word was getting back to everybody else, and the people were getting fearful. Like, I don't even know if we should keep rebuilding because they're about to come and attack us, and, and it's, it's going to get crazy. And so, listen, what happens if you're around negative people all the time? You get negative. You'll start to catch it as well, right? You can become infected. It, it, it can become toxic. Because, listen, if, if Satan can get somebody in your camp that can say, nah, we can't do it. It can't be done. And guess what? It, it could stop everything. It could slow everything down. There's been so many moments in Crossover Church Tampa's history where we were about to do something really big and really crazy and really risky, and it seemed a little bit out there, but we had to watch God show up. But there would be some people that would maybe be in the camp that would be like, man, I don't know if we can do it, Right? And many times those people were hanging around with people from outside that didn't like what we were doing. I can remember we were rebuilding the old Toys R Us store, right? And, and there was um, some of our, Lulu, you remember this, there was some of our college students hanging out with some other college students that didn't go to our church. But they would come once in a while, Sunday Night Vibe, because they wanted to get on the open mic. Or they wanted to kind of hang around because such and such was there. Or there were some girls there. But then they'd be out in the parking lot talking mess about us. Like saying, like, oh, you know, like, they, they, they ain't never going to get that building done. Yeah, like, they, they don't got the money for that. Like, they got the wrong motives. Um, you know, Lulu, I don't know why you go here because they really don't preach the gospel correctly here. And, uh, you know, and so, man, there were some college students that came back to us and they had these questions for us. And we're like, who are you hanging around? What is going on? So we had to squash it and, like, man, be careful who you are hanging around because you might catch the virus. And a mask ain't going to protect you from that virus, right? So, look, here's the second thing, y'all. Here's the second thing about rumors. Um, they're exaggerated when they're repeated. Verse 12, it says, they told us ten times over. That's what one translation says. It says it here. It says, they told us over and over and over and over again. So they're exaggerated when they're repeated. They're exaggerated when they're repeated. They're exaggerated and repeated. Did I tell you they're exaggerated when they're repeated? Right? So if you hear a rumor enough times through social media and through the news and through your friends and through this and through that, and, and you're going to begin to believe it, even though you know it's not truth. Right? Just think about lifestyles and all the cultural, like, norms now. We know it's not truth of some people saying, oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. We know that's not true. But we're hearing it from so many different places and hearing it repeated. We can begin to buy into where everybody's doing it it's not really that bad 
Everybody, the, the media has done a great job of telling us lies over and over again, and we begin to believe. So the point is this. The negative always gets exaggerated when you're trying to advance. Be careful, y'all. So know that when you're rebuilding, the opposition is going to come with those three R's. The ridicule, the resistance, the rumors. So what are you going to do? So there I was, y'all. I'm talking on the phone to this guy that stole my phone, <laughs> right? And I'm heated at this point. And he's disrespecting me. He's dropping F-bombs. I mean, it is like I, I'm just really getting tempted to do some things that are very unpastoral-like. And in the middle of all of that, God spoke to me. So I want to challenge you today. In the middle of the noise, in the middle of the drama, in the middle of the opposition, are you tuned in enough that God can still speak and you can hear his voice through the crowd? Now, I'll be real. I'm not every day, even though I'm a pastor. I have my days where I'm not. But this day, praise God, I was. And in the middle of that, this guy going off on me on the phone, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, just listen to him for a second. He's hurt. He's lost. Tell him that I love him. Tell him that I got a plan for his life. And so I was like, all right, God. <laughs> right? And so I, at that moment, I began to listen to what he was saying. And he was going off about, man, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust my brother. I don't trust my neighbor. You know. And I said, you know what, man? I said, I used to be like that too. I didn't trust anybody. I was doing some illegal things back in the day. I was always looking over my shoulder. I didn't trust my friends. I didn't trust anybody that was around me. And I said, but God got a hold of my life and transformed me. And I live free now. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that. And there is people in my circle that I trust. And I trust God and everything has changed now. And, it's, and, and just suddenly <laughs> it got quiet on the phone. And the tone began to change on the phone. Holy Spirit was working. He started asking me some questions. And I'm just like, yes, God, I'm going to get my phone back. <laughs> no. And then suddenly, click. And I'm like, hello? Are you still there? Did I lose you? Hey, yeah. And so then I called the neighbor back, and I'm like, hey, man, I was just talking to, you know, your neighbor. And, you know, I, and suddenly he's like, yeah, man, I don't know what happened. He just dropped the phone and walked, ran out of here like he saw a ghost. And I was like, well, uh, you know, well, tell him to call me back if you see him. <laughs> so then I was tempted again for a moment to be like, man, I, we have a couple police officers in the church. I could call them. I could call the big guys. We, I see where the dots at. We, we could try to go look for them. And, you know, these thoughts and the Holy Spirit again say no. And this time the Holy Spirit just said one word, wait. Does anybody here like to wait? Listen, sometimes in the waiting, God does something inside of us as we're waiting for the miracle. Like we've seen a little glimpse of the miracle, but it's not there yet. And we could be tempted to try to take matters into our own hands. But God says, just wait. Just wait for a minute. Sometimes we got to wait for days. We got to wait for months. Sometimes we got to wait for years for that breakthrough to happen, for that answer to come. Praise God in this situation, it was 15 minutes. <laughs> I got a phone call from him, and he began to apologize. 
And you say, hey, man, I'm sorry, man. I know you're a pastor and stuff. I don't even know you. I'm disrespecting you. I'm just going through a really rough time in my life, and I don't have any money, and, and I don't have any place to stay right now, and I can't get a job, and I'm just, it's just, man, every, I'm just depressed. And, you know, but I, I want to do the right thing and get you your phone back. And I was like, wow. So he's like, so, man, you just come over to my apartment and stuff. And I said, well, listen, I'm not going to come by myself. I'm going to bring Big Tony with me. He said, no, 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 you can't bring nobody with you. I don't want no cops coming. I said, I ain't going to bring no cops. You know, I said, but I ain't coming by myself. You might have my phone, but you ain't going to take my life, right? So anyway, so I was like, well, listen, why don't we meet somewhere neutral? So why don't you just come up to the church? It's right up the block. I said, we got a big parking lot. You'll be able to see that there's no cop cars. I'm not going to call the police. You have my word, like it's just me and you. So he's like, all right, man, but I'm going to bring my neighbor. I said, bring whoever you want. Just come on up. So then again, like time went by. Right? And I'm watching the blue dot, and the blue dot's not moving, right? So I'm going around telling the staff, like, pray, pray, he's gonna come, he's gonna come. He said, he's coming, he's coming, coming. Is he coming yet? Uh, not, not yet. The blue dot still hasn't moved, right? So again, I got tempted to, like, man, and then I saw the blue dot moving. I'm like, okay, cool. But it's moving in the other direction. I'm like, I know where that street is. We could pull right up on the side and be like, hey, right? God's like, no, wait, wait, wait for it. And then the blue dot started moving in the right direction. Started coming to the church. It's coming up the block. So I'm telling the church, like, telling the staff, like, look, look, the blue dot's coming. Pray. He's coming. So I'm at the front doors. I'm looking out. You know, Luli, the, the doors have the wrap on it. You can't see. Can't see in, but you can see out. So I'm looking out. I'm watching this guy come walking across the parking lot with his neighbor. Comes up to the door. I open up the door. We come in. We sit together down on the couch that's in the cafe. And he pulls my phone out, and he hands it to me. I take the phone. I just put it down. I said, you know what? It's not even about this. It's about this right here. God set it up that you were going to take the phone of a pastor, not just any pastor, but a pastor that raps, a pastor that can relate to you from a church that can relate to you. And God wants to tell you he loves you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He has a plan for your life. And so over the next 30 minutes, he began to share his story and pour out. I shared some of my story. We laughed together sitting on that couch. I prayed with him. I prayed for his neighbors. She went and took a tour of our preschool that we had at the time, and she ended up sending her kid to the preschool. There were so many different miracle stories that came out of this, this one phone being stolen, right? Never in a million years would have I dreamt I'd be sitting there laughing and praying for the guy that stole my phone just a few hours earlier than that. But my point is, guys, whenever there's opposition, there can be opportunity. God might be up to something. And if we can look at it like that, the next time somebody cuts us off or something happens or something gets taken or someone does something, like, okay, God, what are you trying to do in me and through me? Like, like how can this be an opportunity for advancement. So, so here's the last thing if you're taking notes, a key advancement point right here, right? So, so write this down. Instead of listening to the ridicule, instead of listening to the resistance and the rumors, I will listen to God's voice. And to be able to listen to God's voice, spiritually we got to be tuned in. we got to spend time with him daily to be able to hear his voice in the middle of the crowd when those heated moments come up. I want to ask you to stand with me, family. If you're worshiping online at home, 
You can stand up too, right? Get up, get up off the couch for a second and just stand up. I want to pray for you guys today. But if you're here today and you've been facing some opposition and it's been, it's been challenging, you've been trying to advance and make moves and get closer to God in 2021, but there's been some opposition and some barriers. If that's you today, I just want you to lift your hands up. Let's go ahead and lift your hands up across the room. If that's you online, just, just type in the chat, pray for me. Keep your hands up. Let me pray for you today. Father, I just come before you today and got to thank you first and foremost for Jesus. Because of Jesus, because of the gospel, because of what he did on the cross, he was our substitution, paid for our sentence, took care of our debt, resurrected three days later so we can be forgiven and we can have new life. God, I pray if there's anyone here worshiping online that doesn't know you, that even just simply in this moment, I don't even have to lead them in a prayer. They, they can just do business with you right now and ask for forgiveness and say yes to you, make a commitment to follow you. It's as simply as simple as it is. When we say, God, I'm not going to be the leader of my life anymore. You're going to be the leader. I'm going to follow you. Show me what's next. Help me to listen. Help me to advance. Give me the courage. And Father, I pray for every family member that's got their hand up here in the room those that are worshiping with us online, live or on the replay or whatever, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you know the opposition they're facing, you know the situation, you know some of the people, you know some of the ridicule that they've even gone through, some of the resistance they felt, some of the rumors that have maybe even been said about them and their family. God, I pray in Jesus' name, you're going to give them the strength to push through and look at these situations as as opportunities. And there may be some miracle opportunities, but it really many times depends on how we respond, how we respond to them. And God, give us your grace. Give us your love. Give us your wisdom and discernment on what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. And God, use us. Use us to point people to you. We want to be your vessels. We want to be your servants. And God, I thank you for what you're doing here at Crossover Church ATL. I pray for Pastor Scott, Pastor Tammy. Pray for Pastor Phil and Carrie, for Demetrius and Amy and the whole leadership team and the worship team and everybody that's came here from Crossover Tampa. God, we, we just pray for miracles to continue to happen here, but that they'll advance in 2021 like they never even dreamt of. And God, I pray in Jesus' name as we begin to come out of this pandemic in Jesus' name, that, God, you are going to see people that are going to come left and right, that are going to flock to this place, that are going to flock to this stream and this broadcast that goes out regularly, and lives are going to be changed for eternity. God, we love you today. We lift you up. We give you all the praise, the honor, the glory, the props, the credit. It belongs to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Crossover Church. ATL, love you family. Man, what a powerful message. We want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that this week's word blessed and encouraged you. God is doing some amazing things in our community and we're so glad to have you be a part of it. If you're new to our ministry, we would love to connect with you. You can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash connect and fill out the information so that we can stay connected. Also, if you would like to give to help support our ministry, you can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash give. Thanks and God bless.